a great honor to be with you, and uh, Pastor Don's one of my favorite people. I've traveled with a lot of different ones. I had to watch it with Pastor Don. I wear him out, though. And, uh, he, you know, I'm, I'm so much younger than he is. That's the difference. But, uh, no, I've always been such high energy. <laughs> I've wore out a lot of people, I'm sure. Let me get this opened up. I can be ready to go when it's time. Uh, I want to say not only a thank you for your missionary support, you're so committed to that and faithful, but I'd like to kind of give you a report tonight about some of the things in which we're involved. Of course, I mentioned this morning I'll be going to Mexico a week from Thursday, and I'll be down there for a couple of weeks doing three meetings. Uh, but I, I want to mention the Foundation Truth book. It's amazing what God has done. This is a discipling course, actually. It, it's a study guide that goes along with your Bible. You're actually studying the Bible. But what 39 different doctrines of the Bible, starting the most basic, going to the most difficult and advanced. And um, I, I received a phone call about uh, two months ago. I thought it was a telemarketer that was calling me. Because uh, they come in right at dinner time, you know how that works, and uh, and he's kind of stammered a little bit. Uh, is uh, Dale Yurton there? And I said, "This is Dale." And he says, "Well, you don't know me, and I've never met you, but I was in prison in Texas, and someone came and taught your book, Foundation Truth, to us, and that book changed my life because it helped me understand the Bible." He said, now I'm out of prison. I'm going back into the prisons and teaching your book. And then he broke down and just cried like a child. I mean, just, just amazing. So we have used this now we, in uh, third, uh, 28 different languages. The last one I think we did was the one with, with Henry Wynn in um, Uganda. And uh, for the South Sudanese, and I, I can't remember if it was the Mahdi or the Mahdi, the Mahdi language that we did there. They're working now on Dinka, and that's one we're translating. But this one I found very interesting. This is the Farsi edition of that same material. Farsi is the language of Iran. Iran. If I was to ask you what is the fastest growing Christian community in the world, probably nobody would guess. Iran. But it's true. It's true. It's a God thing. And uh, there's many different reasons behind that. But uh, I've been fascinated with these Iranians that I meet in different places around the world. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you just a, a brief story. This past January, I went into a country in the Mideast. I won't tell you exactly what country because you never know who's got their cell phones running, you know, and where something will be posted. Uh, but uh, I was in the Mideast and been working on this trip for months, probably at least eight months. They knew we were coming and, the, you know, we had everything arranged and such. But uh, when I get there, I've got a friend with me from Florida, and uh, I contact them by email. We have arrived. We are here at a certain place. Here's a cell phone number where you can reach us. Within one to two hours, they called and said, someone will call you tomorrow and give you instructions. Go to a certain city. So we had rented a car. We start driving to this city, and um, we're about probably three hours into the drive when the phone rings. And sure enough, it's this person they said would call us. And uh, 
And they said, uh, go to a certain hotel in this large city of a million and a half people. And, and, uh, and they gave us the address. So we punch it in the GPS. We go to that hotel. They said, there will be a man in the foyer waiting for you. Speaks good English. He knows your names. He knows you're coming. He's got everything prepared. So we get there. Sure enough, here, here's this gentleman waiting for us. And uh, he said, we got rooms reserved for you here in this hotel. We're having a meeting tonight downstairs in the basement of the hotel. Would you come and teach on water baptism? And I said, well, sure. I'd be honored to do that. And, uh, and so there, you know, there's, I was teaching out of this, the Farsi edition of, of Foundation Truth on water baptism. Get there. They've got 180 Iranians, brand new converts, to be baptized in water. That was my assignment. Train them. Oh, my. You're talking about having fun. Now, that was having fun. So I said, okay, uh, what, what, what's the plan? They said, be in the lobby tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, and we'll, we'll show you what to do. So we're in the lobby the next morning. Man, there are Iranians everywhere, hundreds of them, just running here and there. They got four big touring buses, one of the big diesel buses that haul 50, 60 people. And then they got one people mover. It's hauled 25 people in it. And uh, we said, okay, well, where, where are we going? We can punch in our GPS. They did, follow the bus. Uh, well, okay, uh, but, uh, you know, we, we, we've got our car. We, we can drive it. Follow the bus. See, they can't tell you anything because if they do, somebody may hear it. Or you may repeat it and somebody may hear it. And, and it's totally unlike here. I mean, when they come in their churches, they lock the doors. And you have to identify yourself before they will open the door. For instance, in that hotel meeting, they had a man outside. All of them's got walkie-talkies and communicating, and he's outside watching. Any strange person they don't know or, you know, shouldn't be there comes to the hotel immediately. He calls inside. They've got someone at the top of the stairs with his walkie-talkie. He won't let anybody downstairs that can't identify themselves. Then, just in case they get past the first two, they got another man at the bottom of the stairs with his walkie-talkie because they can't afford to take risk. If they do, the wrong person shows up, and it can be a very bad scene. So we followed the bus outside the city about 45 minutes, and uh, there they had rented... A brand new hotel, they had rented the first floor of that. Big heated pool. We baptized that day 180 new Iranians. You, you talk, you're talking about amazing. They, they've never seen a water baptism service. They don't know what to do. They, they, there were 10 of us ministers around this big pool. And so they, they would send them in 10 at a time. And they come in, they just walk up, and they look you right in the face. You know, They don't know how to be baptized. Some of them are so excited, they can't wait. So they start dunking themselves under the water. You know, just, oh, my, my, my. We were there all day long. We left at 6 in the evening, and they were still having church. I don't know how long they stayed. But that's the kind of thing your missionary dollars are doing. And so I thank you. Uh, we need your prayers. Amen. We need your prayers. And uh, just pray that the Lord will, will help us to, to be fruitful in the field that he has called us to minister. If I can get that down without knocking that water over, that would be good. I began sharing a message with you this morning from the book of 2 Kings, 
the fourth chapter. I want to go back to that tonight, and I want to read several verses because it's a, the story goes on. And I, so I'm going to start in 1 Kings, the fourth chapter, in verse 18, reading about what happened to the Shunammite lady after the promise arrives, after the baby boy is born. I talked this morning about perceiving the Spirit, how that you have to discern when God is doing when he's moving, when he's, there's something supernatural that's taking place. And the truth of it is, it's taking place all the time. Now, it may not be in your life. It may be in your neighbor's life. It may be, you know, somebody else. But I can tell you, God is alive and he's well. He, you know, he's not weary. He that keeps Israel neither slumbers or sleeps. He's continually moving and working. And I wonder if that may not be one of the reasons why we will cry when we get to heaven, where it said God wipes away all tears from their eyes, he can't wipe them away unless there are some. When we see all the opportunities that we missed, all the times that God was there ready to do something supernatural and we didn't pick up on it, we missed it, the opportunity passed us by. Thank God the woman didn't miss it. And so the child is born. In verse 18, it says, 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, and the child grew. They always do, don't they? Now it happened one day that he went out to his father, to the reapers, and he said to his father, my head, my head. And so he, his father, said to a servant, carry him back to his mother. When he had taken him and brought him to his mother, he sat on her knees till noon and then died. Now listen very carefully, very carefully, because right there is where most of us miss it. We fall apart at that point. Thank God this woman didn't. It goes on and says, And she went up and laid him on the bed of the man of God, and shut the door upon him and went out. Then she called to her husband and said, Please send me one of the young men and one of the donkeys that I may run to the man of God and come back. And so he said, Why are you going to him today? It's neither the new moon nor the Sabbath. And she said, It is well. In other words, it'll be okay. Then she saddled a donkey and said to her servant, Drive and go forward. Do not slacken the pace from me unless I tell you. So she departed and went to the man of God at Mount Carmel. So it was when the man of God saw her afar off that he said to his servant Gehazi, Look, the Shunammite woman, please run now to meet her and say to her, Is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? And she answered, It is well. Now when she came to the man of God at the hill, she caught him by the feet. But Gehazi came near to push her away. But the man of God said, Let her alone, for her soul is in deep distress, and the Lord has hidden it from me and has not told me. So she said, Did I ask a son of my Lord Did I not say, do not deceive me? Then he, Elisha, said to Gehazi, 
get yourself ready and take my staff in your hand and be on your way. If you meet anyone, do not greet him. And if anyone greets you, do not answer him. But lay my staff on the face of the child. And the mother of the child said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So he arose and followed her. Now Gehazi went on ahead of them and laid the staff on the face of the child, but there was neither voice nor hearing. Therefore he went back to meet him and told him, saying, The child is not awakened. When Elisha came into the house where the child was lying dead on his bed, he went in, therefore, shut the door behind the two of them and prayed to the Lord. And he went up and lay on the child and put his mouth on his mouth and his eyes on his eyes and his hands on his hands. And he stretched himself out on the child and the flesh of the child became warm. He returned and walked to and fro in the house and again went up and stretched himself out on him. Then the child sneezed seven times and the child opened his eyes. And he called Gehazi and said, call the Shunammite woman. So he called her. And when she came in to him, he said, pick up your son. So she went in, fell at his feet, and bowed to the ground. Then she picked up her son and went out. Let's pray. Father, I thank you. I thank you for this wonderful story. Help us, O oh God, to understand what you're trying to say to us. Help us not to just be like children hearing a nursery rhyme, little children hearing a Bible story about a dead boy came back to life. Help us to understand the divine principles by which your spirit kingdom works. I pray that you open the eyes of our understanding. Give us insight so that we can preserve the promise that you put within our lives. I thank you in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Here's another P that you can add to your words, Pastor Don. The word perseverance. Perserving the promise. It's true in every one of our lives. The promise is going to be tested. Now, in, in this woman's life, you're dealing with the son of promise. This is the baby boy that God promised her. The prophet had prophesied him. It was the time of harvest. I mean, it's a wonderful season. So what could possibly go wrong? What, what could go wrong in, in a, a scenario, a scene like this? Well, the truth is every promise of God will be tested. Everyone. I, I, it doesn't matter what it is. If it's salvation, the devil's going to tell you you're really not a Christian. You're not really saved. Nothing really happened. You're baptized with the Holy Spirit. No, no, you're just making up those sounds. That wasn't God. I mean, it doesn't matter. You, you're, God heals you. Guess what you're going to deal with? Some pain. I mean, the devil will see to it that you hurt so that, oh my, it's come back again. Don't do it. Every promise of God will be tested. In the book of Psalms, Psalm 105, verse 19, is talking about Joseph. 
And he said, until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tested him. Now, many times we think we're testing God, but in reality, God's word is testing us, whether or not we truly believe his promise, whether we're going to follow God, if we're going to persevere, if we're going to overcome, or if we're going to give in and let the devil steal it. Well, what we need to do is take back everything that the devil attempts to steal from us. He's a thief. Don't let him rob you. Don't let him steal from you. Learn to stand for the promise of God. You know, Christians are amazing people. They all want to live in victory. But the truth is there is no victory if there are no battles. Hello. You're going to face some battles in life or you'll never walk in victory. So learn to overcome and to persevere with the promise. Now let me give you some things here, some thoughts on which I'm going to hang my thoughts and help you to remember. Here's the first one. Remind God of his promises. Remind God of his promise. In this story, the Shunammite lady, when the boy dies, and like I said, that's where so many people lose it. I mean, put yourself in her position. This is her baby. He's not a big boy. He's small enough to still sit on his mama's lap. And she's holding him, no doubt rocking him. We don't know what happened. If it was sunstroke, but something went bad wrong. And he sits there until noon and dies. Oh, so many people die when the baby dies. They, they die. The promise dies. And they just give up. They just fall apart. Please, don't do that. That is a big mistake. That's exactly what the devil wants you to do. What does she do? She gets up. She's got this dead boy in her arms. And she starts step by step climbing the stairs up to the room where the prophet stays at their home. The room that they had prepared for the prophet. She goes up and she puts him on the bed of the man of God. The question is, why did she do that? Here's why she did it. That's where the prophet was lying when he prophesied the word of God to her. Thus saith the Lord, about this time next year you will conceive and have a son. Wow. She goes back to the place where the promise was originated. The prophetic word had come to her. And that's what I'm challenging you. Why I'm saying, remind God of his promises. You, you don't remind God because God is forgetful. No, God doesn't forget. We forget. Psalm 103 is so clear about this. Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. And he goes on and he names promises. He said, don't forget his promises. Why is it that we're so easy to forget? Because of the shock of the moment, the dead boy in our arms. I mean, it's so easy just to lose it at that moment. Thank God she didn't. She goes back to the place where the word of God was given to her. She reminds herself of what God had said. Here's the second thing I see that she did. When she gets up, she's laid, laid the boy on the bed of the man of God. The Bible said she shut the door 
Wow, that's an important statement. It's repeated many different places. In fact, even with Elisha, when he goes up to raise the boy from the dead, he shut the door. When you want to have something that's concentrated, you don't leave it open. Don't leave it open for discussion. Why does she close the door? Because some things are not open for discussion. In fact, she doesn't even tell her husband what had happened. I mean, he's the daddy of this boy. Why, why doesn't she talk to him? Because she's the one that received the promise. The promise wasn't given to her husband. The promise was given to her. Now, now please listen to me because I'm not talking negative about our brothers and sisters, but I'm simply saying they didn't hear what you heard. God did not speak to them. It's amazing how many times we're sitting in the same pews and God will speak to one person, the other person hears nothing. When God speaks to you, it's a personal promise. God had not spoken to her husband. God spoke to her. And that's why she doesn't discuss this. She doesn't talk about it. It's just not up for discussion. And the problem is for too many people, they talk themselves out of the promise of God. It's a good statement. When it's all said and done, much more will be said than done. That is so true. Don't learn to do what this woman did. She chose to trust God instead of her circumstances. Here's the third thing. The third thing that I see that she did, she kept a positive confession. Boy, that's difficult to do when you're looking at a dead baby boy, your baby boy. It's, it's what they call the mouth trap, or, or they, they call it don't be hung by the tongue, your tongue. We talk ourselves into major problems. The truth of it is more believers suffer defeat at this point than any place else because we just talk too much. God gave you two ears, one mouth. Use them proportionately. Amen. Yes. And now, her response to her husband when he says to her, why are you going to church today? This is not Sunday. Now, why are you going to go see the prophet now? She just simply said, it is well. Or some translations call it, it shall be well. That's a positive confession. That is exactly what she says when she's approaching the prophet, and he doesn't know what's going on, so he says to his servant, go ask her, is it well with you? Is it well with your husband? Is it well with the child? Now, some people can call that lying. No, she's not lying. She is agreeing with the promise of God. She's speaking out of her faith. She's saying what God says. You've got to learn to do that. Say what God says. Or as the Bible tells us in the book of Romans of, of the Abraham, the father of the faithful, and it said he hoped against hope. All the circumstances are negative. Everything looks like it's going the other way. But you stand in the face of defeat and you declare victory. God is with me. Amen. It is well. It's like one brother calls it, by faith we call it done. And I believe that we need to learn how to do that. 
Again, this is where so many Christians lose the promise of God. If you're going to persevere, you can't do it with negative talk. Boy, I, I, there are just some people, I, I just don't stay around them very much. I'll be nice to them, I'll smile, and, you know, I love them, but I'm not going to talk that stuff. My ears are not garbage cans. I don't need that kind of garbage in my spirit. And so, you know, if that's what they want to talk about, they don't need me. And I'll excuse myself and I will go on. I, I, I love to sing the courses, the, the songs that we were just singing like tonight, beautiful songs, because they build up your faith. They edify your spirit. And that's what you need to do. Learn to say what God says. Now, here's the fourth thing I want to focus on. Find somebody that will agree with you. There are some problems that are too big to carry alone. You need to find somebody that will have faith with you. For, for the Shunammite woman, she knew the prophet would believe with her. It was the prophet that gave her the promise in the first place. And so she... She said to her husband, would you send one of the servant boys and, and, uh, and a donkey? I, I, I need to go see the prophet. Now, the, the truth is, that was a long journey. That's 25 miles she rode a donkey. We're, we're, we're talking about going farther than to London. And we're not talking about driving an avalanche. You know, we're not, we're not in a nice truck or something. We're talking about a donkey ride. But she says to this servant boy when they said, don't slacken the pace for me unless I tell you. In other words, you get this donkey moving and don't you let him slow down and, and, unless I can't hang on any longer. You, you keep this thing moving the right way. Let's get there as quickly as we possibly can. Now, when she gets to the prophet, when she got the, to the prophet, he said exactly the same words to his servant. He said, take my staff, you go to the boy. If somebody greets you, don't greet him. Don't stop to talk to anybody. You get there as quickly as you can. Now, that's what I'm saying to you. It doesn't matter who it is, whether it's young or old. It doesn't matter if they're a prophet or if they're a prophetess. It doesn't matter if they have no official position. Find somebody that will believe with you. That's what Jesus talked about. If any two of you on earth shall agree as touching anything. What we call the prayer of agreement. There are some things that are just too big for us to believe alone. And so this is the reason that she goes to the prophet. Now, when she gets to the prophet, she does something that's totally out of protocol. Something that is, it's radical. She, she jumps off the donkey. She runs to him. And she throws herself at his feet and wraps her arms around his legs. Now, that's not the way to greet a prophet. That's just not proper to do that. And it's what I would call her cry of broken bitterness. This woman, this woman is desperate. And she cries out to him and said, Did I ask you for a baby? Didn't I tell you, don't deceive me? It was a cry of honest, broken bitterness. Wow, wow. 
Now, that's not the proper way that you are to greet prophets. And so the servant of Elisha comes to push her away. I mean, after all, we're in church. Behave yourself. Let, let's, let's, let's be ladies and gentlemen here. Let's, uh, but she is a desperate woman. Are you listening to me? The reason that some people lose the promise of God is because they're willing to let the devil steal it. When, when are you going to fight for the promise? When are you going to stand up and say, that's enough. You're not going to pass this line. Oh, my. Story of a pastor, a friend of mine. He's dead now. And I can remember... I was a teenage boy preaching for him, and he told me this story years ago. His name was Gene Moore, true man of God. But he told me how that he had three boys, and the oldest was a preacher. The youngest one was very faithful in the church, but the middle one was, it seems like every family's got at least one, you know. And uh, he was in the military, and he had just really, he didn't want anything to do with God, church, but he said, my wife and I, we agreed, we prayed, we believed that God had given us a promise that all our children were going to serve him. And he said, one night, 2 o'clock in the morning, my phone rings and I answered the phone. It's the state police. And they say, Reverend Moore? He said, yes, sir. I, I'm very sorry to notify you, but can you come down to the morgue? Your son is dead. And he said, no, no, it cannot be my son. I'm sorry, sir. Please, please. Just make, And he told him where to come to meet them. And, and he said, I'm driving there and I'm saying, God, it cannot be my boy. You promised me my boy would be saved. It cannot be my boy. What had happened, he and another military boy had gotten out with some girls, got drunk, and they're having a wild party, and one of the boys died in his own vomit that night. And they were telling him it was his son because of the dog tags. He's wearing the ID, the military ID. But when he gets to the morgue, it's not his son. It's the other boy. They've switched dog tags somewhere or another. Their ID and their drunken debauchery got mixed up that night. Now, what I'm telling you is what Reverend Moore said. No, it cannot be my son. God promised me my boy. There is no way this can be my child. Now, when are we going to stand and fight for the promise of God? Thank God for this woman. Thank God for this woman. She was willing to fight for what she believed, what God had given to her. The truth of it is, the devil will try to steal God's promise from every one of us. He's a real devil. He will act like a devil. He always has been. He always will be attacking us, trying to stop us. Don't allow that to happen to you. Now, as I read the story to you tonight, the woman says, I'm not leaving you. 
You're the one that got where I received the promise. You're the one that's agreeing with me. And so the Bible said the prophet followed her. I kind of find that humorous, you know. The prophet's falling behind this woman as, as they're going after Gehazi that's run to the dead boy. And, of course, I read the story how that he stretches himself upon him and the child sneezes and then comes back to life again. And then it says, he said, call the woman and give her the son. And she fell at his feet again. But this time it was not a cry of broken bitterness. It was a cry of sweet worship a sweet surrender as she receives her child back to life again. This is what the writer of the book of Hebrews was telling us when he says in Hebrews eleven thirty five, by faith women received their dead raised to life again. I don't know who you are and where you are and what the promise of God is in your life, but I can tell you this will happen to you. The enemy will do his best to steal God's promise from you, to take it away even after God has fulfilled it. It's a miracle. It's wonderful. And yet the devil will try to steal it away from you. Don't allow him to do that. Learn to persevere. Learn to stand strong. Having done all to stand, stand therefore in faith, believing the promise of God. Be like this woman that refused to take no for an answer. She refused to take death for an answer and she stood for what she believed and God restored it to her again. It is true in every one of our lives. It happens over and over and over again. The question is, will you persevere? Will you stand? Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Let me close with prayer. Father, I thank you for the word of God. I thank you for this Shunammite lady that shows us how to persevere in the face of obstacles, in the face of defeat, in the face of death. When it looks like it's all over, that the promise is dead. She called it back to life again. She refused to quit. She refused to stop. She kept coming back. Give us that kind of persistent faith, oh God. That kind of perseverance. That kind of spirit like a bulldog. Help us to latch onto the promise of God and refuse to let go. I will not let go until you bless me. I believe you to do it in every one of our lives, Lord. I know that there are those here tonight that you're speaking directly to them in their situation right now. I pray that you help them do what this woman did and by faith claim the promise of God. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. I'd like every head bowed, please. I believe that God is speaking to many of you right now. If there are some of you that you're facing exactly the situation like this woman was facing, the promise seems to have died. The enemy has stolen the promise from your life. And God is challenging you tonight to have the tenacity of a bulldog. Refuse to give up, refuse to turn loose, to let go. I wonder... How many with an upraised hand would say, Preacher, that's me. God's talking to me right now. 
Oh, yes, 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 yes. There's, there's so many hands. There must be at least 10 hands that I see that's raised here tonight. I, I'd like to ask you to do one more thing. Would you just please step to your feet and step up and line across the front? And we're going to agree with you in prayer tonight. This is one of the things that the woman did. She found somebody to agree with her. So you want somebody to agree with you? Come on, come on. Just line across the front here. That's right. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Now, I want somebody that will agree with these. Oh, what, what, a, what a beautiful sight. We have the ladies on the end, but look at all these young men claiming the promise of God tonight. Amen. Come on, find somebody. I don't want anybody standing alone. Find somebody. If any two of you on earth shall agree as touching anything, find somebody to agree with you. Yes, amen. Could I have a sister standing over here with this sister, please? Please, amen, 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 amen. That's it. Begin to agree with them. Begin to pray for them right now. Right now. Right now. Exercise your faith. Whatever it is, begin to declare the promise of God. Begin to speak the promise of God. Begin to speak the word of God. Yes, I do believe. Father, I thank you for every person that is gathered here tonight. You know every one of them individually, personally what the devil is trying to steal from their lives. Satan, you are a liar. You cannot have the promise. You cannot have the promise. We agree. We believe in the name of Jesus. Restore, restore, restore that which the canker worm, the palmer worm, the caterpillar and locusts have devoured. Restore it in the name of Jesus. Thank you for it, Lord. Thank you for it, Lord. Hallelujah. That's it. Hallelujah. That's it. Agree together. Hallelujah. Every curse, blessed 